This is Chris Carson. You listen to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and joining us today, once again, the deplorable and the disgusting trash man. We're going to go over some free agency stuff. We're going to go over Amon Ross St. Brown, who, as we speak, is undergoing his USC Pro Day. Also talk about the newest release of the Best Ball Cheat Sheet. Version 2.0, post-wave two of free agency. Trash man, what the hell's going on, brother? Not a whole lot. Enjoying the frenetic weather here in Austin. It's up and down. <laughs> you think people enjoy it? Do you think people enjoy coming on here and hearing our small talk about the goddamn weather in Central Texas? <laughs> they should. It's wonderful out here. That's why all these, that's why all these California – well, that's not why all these California I, I have a very good I have a very good idea of, of why the Californians are moving out here, but I'm I'm fi- I'm very afraid that if I if if I talk about my reasoning, I will indeed get canceled. Um, so let's just let's just go ahead and move on. First, guys, uh, if you like the podcast, uh, please if you're watching on YouTube, uh, subscribe, uh, leave us a comment, smash smash the uh, thumbs up button. And if you're listening in Apple Podcasts, thanks to all the reviewers lately, we could definitely use more. Um, please rate and review. If as many of you rated and reviewed this podcast, is listen to this podcast, we would be like we would have literally probably like, on average like twelve times more reviews than we do have per. So pod. we have twelve reviews, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so uh, I just I, I I can't believe that only like one twelfth of. Um, Regular listeners to listen to every single podcast, uh, or the number of people to listen to every single one of these pods, only one twelve just take thir- like literally three seconds just to scroll down and hit the stars. It's crazy. So please, please, please do it. All right, Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver, University of Southern California, came in a little bit smaller than we thought. The initial, oh, and we just got a forty time. We just got a 40 time. Okay, so what do you think, Trash Man? What do you give me on the over-under for the 40 for, for Amon Ross St. Brown before we even get to anything else? Because the, the unofficial times have, have, now been, um, have now been put out there by the powers um, that be. Well, I mean, I, th- I think he run in mid-fours. Uh, I think it's, 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 it's going to be mid-fives. Mid-fives. Um, yeah, it's a four. It's a four five one. So we'll adjust that from the pro day time to probably a four five five or four five six, and that is Amon Ross St. Brown, who measured in a little bit, a little bit shorter than we thought. Uh, you know, he was listed at USC at six foot one. He looks like the measurement. We'll have to wait for the official thing here because all we've seen is media reports. But it's five eleven and a half, uh, one hundred ninety seven pounds, which is good. Uh, he was listed at one ninety five at USC. Uh, the 
say 4.56. Let's just add on the the the, the, the 0.5 to normalize it there. Not necessarily uh, what I was expecting. I was more expecting kind of more like high four fours. If you were expecting mid four fours, I'll, I'll I'll get your breakdown of them on Rob St. Brown here in a second. Um, but the burst looks good. He'll come out of this thing with a good burst and explosiveness score, um, 38 and a half inch vertical. So when we look at that versus the 2020 combine, of course, we had Donovan Peoples-Jones that had just the most ridiculous uh, explosive measurables ever with the 44 and a half inch vertical. But other than that, we had Henry Ruggs and Jalen Rager with 42 inchers. Um, Chase Claypool had a 40.5 incher. And then Brandon Ayuk jumped 40 inches. The only two guys other than those players that jumped higher last year than um, than Amon Ross St. Brown just jumped at USC would have been Chris Fink from Notre Dame and Tyree Cleveland from Florida. So, you know, looks like a probably a top, you know, he would have been top sort of 20, you know, would have been like an 80th percentile guy at that last year. Um, the broad jump was also good, 10 feet, 7 inches. So you and I did the math before the pod. So 10 times 20, 127 inches. Um, so the guys last year that would have jumped better than him in that category, we mentioned Peoples-Jones, we mentioned Ruggs. Rager had a better jump. But it was a better jump than Claypool or Ayuk. It was a better jump than Tyree Cleveland that had the higher vertical than him. And other than that, all we have is Denzel Mims. Um, looks like Desmond Patton. Well, it'd be like a ten foot, almost ten ten point five eight. So what? Well, I was ten foot six inches right then. Ten seven was the was the jump. Ten ten feet seven inches. So one hundred and twenty seven inches, right? Unless I'm just am I doing that completely wrong? Well, one hundred and twenty inches and ten feet. What's it's uh, one twenty seven about about twelve? It's it's ten point five eight. Okay. Oh, all right. So, right. If we're doing it just in a decimal form. Yeah. yeah, Understood. Um, All that. So it kind of goes a little bit with what I see out of Amon Ross St. Brown on film. You're not going to see a burner in him. Um, To me, I haven't looked at your write up yet, trash man. I'm not sure with the new height, whether or not this is actually going to, uh, this is going to jive quite as well, but my, my comp is a little bit lazy, but it's been the comp the whole time. It's been Juju Smith-Schuster. They, to, to, to me, they have very similar styles of play. They look a lot the same. Maybe it's the USC jersey. Well, that, was, that was one of my comps. The other was Golden Tate. Okay, so tell us tell us your breakdown about Amon Ross St. Brown. We'll, we'll get to all that in my thoughts, all that in the stuff that I add into these evaluations here during the day. This will be up over at rosterwatch.com for our pro members by this evening, once I get done with my work, but I, I, I'd like to hear what Trashman has to say. Well, he's got really good hand-eye coordination. He really adjusts well to poorly thrown balls. Um, he comes down with contested catches, and for being, you know, only five eleven, he uses all of that leaping ability to come down with balls. He's an he's an alpha competitor. Um, I think more so than his brother. I mean, I think maybe because oh. he is smaller, um, he just has more of that dog in him. Um, like he's not terribly fast, but he's quick out of his breaks. Um, like you said, you notice some explosion there. Um, he moves really well laterally on tape. Um, he has some concentration drops, but for the most part, he's got pretty sticky hands. Um, and he's not, he's not what I would consider like a twitch 
you know, athlete, a twitchy athlete. Um, but you know, with his measurables that we've seen from his pro day, um, and you said what he had like a, a 20, he bench pressed 20 times. Yeah. He he said he wanted to get 25, but I mean, 20 was 20 is good. I mean, that's strong. Yeah. So, I mean, strong. so he's a, a smaller guy who, who packs a big punch and he takes that to his blocking as well. He's an effective blocker, which, you know, I think in the NFL gets you on the field can get you on the field sooner than otherwise. Um, and so, yeah, he's, he's a smaller type of player, but he's got a lot of dog in him, and he knows how to get open. He knows how to score touchdowns, too. He's, he's good in the red zone, um, especially with a lot of those contested catches. Um, and so and then that's kind of what reminded me of, you know, those players for me. He, he's a smaller guy, but he still manages to find the end zone over the middle um, oftentimes, um, like a Juju Smith-Schuster or Golden Tate at one time. If, if, if you combine his best season along with the truncated season USC played in 2020, I mean, his production score comes out pretty well versus some of these other guys. I mean, as far as the context of his offense, he certainly had better production than uh, – I mean, it's kind of hard with with, with Jalen Waddle because when Jalen Waddle's case, we talked about this before, it's like – he was finally getting his chance to look like he could be an alpha. Then he gets hurt during this last season. And prior to that, we only have, you know, comps of Jalen Waddle playing in the same offenses like Henry Ruggs and mm-hmm. Jerry Judy and everything. So it's, it's hard, you know, but it's hard with that, but you know, it's the same level of production basically as an Amari Rogers or a, um, you know, we talk a lot about Dwayne Eskridge. It's the same mm-hmm. level of production. It's better production than Kadarius Tony with within the context of his offense. So, uh, all in all, you know, good production for Amon Ross St. Brown. I remember the first time I saw him was at the speaking of Jalen Waddle. It was those two guys that I came out of. It was the Army um, All American Bowl down in San Antonio their year. And th- those two dudes were just different than all the, all the all the rest of them. And it's funny. You can tell some some of these guys you can tell really young, but those were the two that I had written down that I said that were just like my guys from from that particular uh, few days of practices. Um, very, 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 very special players at the high school level. And as you mentioned, uh, another son of uh, what John St. Brown, who was Mr. What was he? Mr. Yeah, Mr. Universe. Has the most interesting names for his sons that could ever be uh, imagined. Very interesting takes on uh, picking your partner in life too, from John St. Brown that I've heard him talk I about. I haven't heard anything about that. Uh, very, very, very interested in very interested in making sure that um, your that your offspring are very, very beastly. That's something he's real <laughs> into. So I I think I, I think that he uh, I think I think that he I think he did a good job with that. I think that Amon Ross St. Brown is the I think there's three of these sons, right? He doesn't he doesn't lack in confidence, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. So uh four five five, a little bit slower than I thought for Amon Raw, but um you know, you've done your preliminary work on Rashad Bateman. How do you how do you stack up Rashad Bateman? You don't have to do the whole breakdown on him, but how do you do you, do, you, do you like Rashad Bateman better than Amon Ross St. Brown? I think, or do they even belong in a tier together? I've I've kind of been of the thought that I've I have a hard time for for me Rondale Moore and Rashad Bateman. I kind of lump in as the guys that after you know in dynasty or some just as I'm stacking up rankings really pre NFL draft after you know Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. I feel like 
I feel more comfortable going to like a Rashad Bateman or a Rondale Moore at that point. I'm not sure if you have any thoughts about Rondale Moore only weighing in. I mean, Rondale, Rondale Moore was only five seven at at his at, at, at his pro day, but 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 did blaze in the four threes and you know had 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 rocked up drills everywhere else. Um, yeah, Bateman. I mean, he's a more prototypical kind of X receiver than than a um, Amon Ra. I think. Um, He's bigger. He's taller. Um, I think he'll, he, you know, he's, he's about as fast, if not maybe a, a slightly faster um, than Amon Ra. I think he's more NFL ready, perhaps. I mean, he's a, he's a really good route runner. Um, and I, I, I think he's going to play better in the pros than he did in college. Um, he reminds me of the Allen Robinsons and Robert Woods of uh, of the NFL. You you hear that Allen Robinson stuff a whole lot because he's, you know, Big 12 or I'm sorry, Big Big 10 kind of prototypical X wide receiver coming out. I like that one too for for Rashad Bateman. We'll have his profile up on the site soon. And I'm looking just I went to mock draft while I'm looking at Juju's um measurables from his his um from his combine. He was 6'1" 215 at at his. So he's bigger, but here's the thing. Um, the, uh, the 30, 32 and a half inch vertical. So six inches less on the vertical than I'm on raw St. Brown One twenty on the broad. So seven inches less on the broad and then 15 reps on the bench. So what I think we have in Amon raw St. Brown is a smaller, but more twitched up and more rocked up version of, of Juju that plays in a lot of the same ways. What it, I just wanted to look real quick. I wonder if, I wonder what Steve, I wonder what Steve Johnson, what his no, because Steve Johnson was almost six foot two, so that's not right either. Um, but that forty is right around the same time, two hundred ten pounds. Steve Johnson was a good. I always thought it was a good comp for Juju. Hmm. I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna have to do more. Uh, like now that I, now that we have the height, we have the weight, we have the speed. I'm not sure that Juju is gonna be the best comp for Amon Ross St. Brown. It always felt a little bit lazy because they were both USC guys. So. I'll think about that during the course of the day today. All right. Speaking of speaking of Juju, we have uh, Trash Man. The first thing you did this morning was you sent me a text. And then sent, when I didn't answer your text immediately, you called me up. I wasn't even awake yet. And you said, dude, we need to talk about the best and worst uh, free agent landing spots for these for these guys. And I said, Trash Man, you are pumped up about this. I am, too. What the truth is, is that our marketing opened last night. What the truth is, is that our marketing overlords tell us that those are the hot keywords. So <laughs> before we before we get into that, um, I just wanted to go over a little bit here of um, the version 2.0 of the best ball cheat sheet. Some of the uh, changes that were uh, that, that, that were made. And I just wanted to see what you thought about it. For one, I'm back very comfortable with. Um, Aaron Jones, now that we know he's going back to Green Bay, especially now that we know that Jamal Williams has moved on to Detroit, I don't think that A.J. Dillon is capable of biting off a um, a pass-catching role in that offense in the same way that Jamal Williams was with how much they love to use him on third downs. Now I think that A.J. Dillon will be used in certain ways, but I kind of think that they might kind of save him for the snow games or for later on in the season when they need that big Mack truck. Aaron Jones should be in position all the time 
to score fantasy points. It should be used more in the receiving game. The only problem, as we know, is that Aaron Rodgers just really, really does choose to feature Devontae Adams when he gets down, down there to the goal line. Yeah, but you did have some really, you know, like two, three touchdown ga- games from Aaron Jones last season on occasion. And the thing is, there, I mean, there really aren't many other playmakers for the Packers right now. I mean, I, theoretically, they will draft at least a couple of receivers um, this draft, but they'll never think, draft a goddamn receiver. They'll never <laughs> draft one. They don't care. I was thinking, actually, I was thinking that Amon Ross St. Brown would actually make a good fit in Green Bay, Green Bay with his brother. He'll have to, he'll, he'll have to be around. He'll have to be around his brother that won't stretch and always wants to like, <laughs> do you think that Amon Ross St. Brown also believes that cheetahs don't stretch? So he doesn't have to, <laughs> I don't think he, he's not as athletically <laughs> gifted as his brother. So I feel like he maybe feels like he, he's got to do what his brother. I think that, I think that I think the Packers have had enough of this St. Brown, this damn St. Brown family. <laughs> Um, what about, what about, uh, what about Josh Jacobs? How far do you have to move him down now that Kenyon Drake got, uh, mm. picked up and paid by the, by the idiotic Raiders that dismantled their, their whole well, offensive well, line? They've, by lost, the they've lost their best receiver. Um, and Nelson Aguilar, I, I feel like, I think they could both potentially thrive there. I mean, I, I, I think there's nothing that Derek Carr would love more than to not have to throw the ball more than five yards <laughs> to his pass catchers. So <laughs> Jacobs and Drake could, could get theirs. I don't know. Do you like Josh Jake? I mean, what about – I don't like I, him as much as he is. I did. I mean, he's – Of course I, not. Of he's course not, not. I would put him – He's what is he? He's a is is he a late second round pick? No, I'm, not for me. I mean, in the late second round, I'm looking at guys. Dude, I mean, are, look at who look at who all is going to be around in the late second round of your best ball drafts. You're going to have guys around like Joe Mixon and Antonio Gibson and DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins and Miles Sanders. You know, the, all all the and then wide receivers like you know Michael Thomas is going there now. DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Brown, with with everybody that's left there. So you, you know? feel so you feel better about Miles Sanders than you do about Josh Jacobs. Yes, don't I mean how could you not? They just they 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 just paid Kenyon Drake what fourteen million dollars. Oh, and I'm, sorry. Sh- I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm thinking Miles Gaskin for some reason. Well, I certainly, I certainly feel better about all these idiots than, than Miles Gaskin. <laughs> yeah, I feel better about all these guys. No, my Miles, Miles Sanders, the good Miles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, my, dude, Miles Gaskin at the two-three turn, trash man, <laughs> trash man. Um, okay, so what about what about Chris Carson back to the back to the Seahawks? Is that all of a sudden? Do you want him more than Josh Jacobs? Yes. I mean, that's not all of a sudden for me. You would have wanted Chris Carson just hanging out there in the wind with no suitors anywhere? Yes, that that is all of a sudden. He's back to Seattle. That's all of a sudden. That was a change. Like, we didn't know that he was headed back there. Well, we didn't know. I'm, I'm just saying him in Seattle. In general, you've always liked Chris Carson in Seattle better than you've liked Josh Jacobs in Las Vegas. That's fair. Um, so I'm going to actually – make an update here because I think you're right. I'm going to duplicate this sheet so I can make a change and I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move miles. I'm going to move 
uh, Josh Jacobs down, and I'm going to move Chris Carson just a, a little bit up. But I, I, w- I would assume that I'm just assuming that you like David. Mag- Do you like David Montgomery and James Robinson, Clyde edwards helaire those guys better than Jacobs too? Yes. What about Travis? E- what about Travis Etienne? Side unseen as far as landing spot. I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I would. I'd probably rather take a flyer on them than like a, a Josh Jacobs in an offense that, from what I've seen, isn't isn't improved. Do you think that with Kenyon Drake gone, that we're, like how much can we trust Chase Edmonds? Where are you comfortable with pulling the trigger on Chase Edmonds in one of your fantasy drafts right now? Before we know if they address the position in uh, the draft or if they do any kind of, I mean, there's still some weird kind of free agents hanging out there. You know, the James Connors, I just, I don't think James Connors is going to go there, but you know, there's, there are still some free agents kind of hanging out. Um, what he is Chase Edmonds. Are you comfortable with 200 and what? 203, 205 pound Chase Edmonds as um, somebody you, where, where are you, are you comfortable taking him? As a third running back, a third running back slash flex. So I haven't priced in right now at the at the um, beginning of the sixth round. Do you think that the, I mean? So around the same time, you would start taking, you would start looking at uh, wide receivers like Cooper Cup or Cortland Sutton or maybe Tyler Boyd. Is that that feel about right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, right there in that area of wide receivers, we've had this whole deal with. Hey, if, if, I, if I was taking a if I was taking a zero running back approach, then I, I mean, then you know, Edmonds is the kind of guy that I would. Yeah, target. Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, Chase Edmonds, these kinds of guys. Um, do you do you think that Brandon is Brandon Cooks hard to talk about just because? The whole Deshaun Washington situation is kind of hard to talk about. I just don't even know why people – I don't see why this isn't the biggest – why this isn't the biggest story in all of the news. Um, I I don't know. I mean, and, and well, in large part, it's still con- – you know, a lot of it's still conjecture. Well, I mean, there's a, <laughs> a big story in Colorado. There's conjecture. The sports news. The sports news, trash, man. And, tra- dude, if there were conjecture about – I just think that – Look, there's conjecture all over our goddamn news media all the time. Yeah. I just can't believe it. That, I mean, it's like now it's up to how many women? I, clearly, we don't have anything to say about innocence, guilt. Like, clearly, that in we we live in America and everybody has the right to, um, you know, defend themselves. But it's like I, this is kind, this I've is read. kind of weird. It's like it's like it's a, kind of weird. But at least what I've read, it's it seems more like a he, he seems more like a flasher than like a. Someone who's actually it, uh, that it doesn't it's still it's still so bad like it's not like I mean six of one half dozen of the other it's like it's enough to where the NFL is going to say this is a bad look he could get he could put on the commissioner's exempt list like AP did that one year whenever he did the you know whenever there was the whole uh, spanking thing yeah it's like there could be something like that it's like does that that's this has to with Will Fuller gone now. I was thinking, like, this is wheels up for for Brandon Cooks, right? But this has to factor into what we feel about Brandon Cooks. I guess. uh, Well, my my big conspiracy theory is that the Texans 
put this out there themselves. That, well, that's an that's an idiot. Like most conspiracy theories, that's idiotic. Like they, they, you can't just you can't. <laughs> who would think to gather up uh, like two two dozen masseuses and get them all with this get them all with, with this lawyer? Look, man. Deshaun Watson's hired Rusty Harden. For those of you guys that don't live in Texas, you should know that Rusty Harden's a dude who gets dudes off, man. Like, he, like he's a uh, <laughs> maybe not, that may not be the right way to phrase. Oh that. Jesus, especially not in this context. No, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Rusty Harden's good, good, but this dude Busby, he's winning right now. The the public perception battle, and you know, with the with the NFL perception is a perception Everything. weighs much more than intent or any reasonable, you know, like perception is what they care about. So um, I'm well, I'm and I worried too, just like Watson has been such a poster boy um, for the NFL up and to this point. It's, it's the it's, only thing that franchise has going for it. Can yeah. you believe, can, 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 can you believe that after they fired Bill O'Brien, who, t- who had taken this thing, basically lit it on fire on his way out, literally left him with no draft picks, gave him David Johnson instead of DeAndre Hopkins, get like all this stuff. Um, it signs these bad offensive line deals, like ships away good players and leaves them nothing to do with it. And they come in there and they're like, they see the fire and they try and like set the fire on fire. Like, like how can it get even, I just, I can't believe it. What's, what's going on here with the Texans in this, Deshaun Watson stuff just further, you know, further cements all of that. Do you like, let's just, what do you think about Brandon Cooks in Houston, knowing what we know about Deshaun Watson or what we don't know about Deshaun Watson versus well, Will, versus Will Fuller now in Miami with, with, with your favorite uh, quarterback to, to, to a tongue of Iloa. Well, I mean, what we know about Cooks is that he's a, Bad quarterback's best friend, I think. You know, Brandon um, Cooks is always just, he's always good. He's been good, man. Like I was just I was just the other day whenever I was just thinking about this and where I need to put Brandon Cooks as it look, looking like he's going to be the number one after the Miami thing. I just looked at Brandon Cooks, you know, over the course of the last few years. He saw like Brandon Cooks is always surprisingly solid. He's he's probably usually undervalued in in in, in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, and he's a guy who can play. I mean, he can play underneath. Um, he can go out deep if you need him to. I think he's 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 it can be utilized in a lot of different ways. Um, I think you know he would have made a a better fit in Miami than Will Fuller, um, potentially with a quarterback like Tua. Can you believe that Brandon Cooks only in 2019 in his second year with the Rams? is average less than double-digit fantasy points in PPR. Going back to 2014, I mean, he was just – he was really overlooked in that historic class. 13.9 fantasy points per game, 15.9 fantasy points per game, 15.4 fantasy points per game. He leaves New Orleans to go to New England, 13.7 fantasy points per game. He leaves New England to go to the Rams, 15.2 fantasy points per game. And a bad year in 2019 with 8.4 fantasy points per game. In 2020, back up to 15.5 fantasy points per game. Brandon Cooks has been – He's been a he's been a great player. I'm just, you know, if you look at those quarterbacks, he did have three years of Drew Brees. He had one year of Tom Brady. He had two years of Jared Goff. He's had one year of Deshaun Watson. So I'm not sure that that narrative's right that he's always been a bad quarterback's best friend. You know, he, he's the he's, he's, he's the kind of he's the kind of player who could be a bad quarterback's best. I mean, that's what that's more so what I mean. I mean, he's just the guy who 
can produce for you really in any situation. Any thoughts about um, any thoughts about Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool now that Juju is going back to the Steelers? Should should they come down a little bit because they were kind of going, you know, those guys are going, you know, fifth fifthish round right now. I'm I'm not sure that all, all I mean, those the way guys that offense is running. I mean, they they were still doing better than Juju. Um. And there's and there's and there's still every week, you know, red zone warriors. So I feel like I feel like that offense is kind of leaning towards being. Uh, I mean, it's a receiving offense now. It's 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 at least it was this last season. I don't see much changing there. Um, yeah, so I still like Claypool a lot. Um, I mean, the I mean, you're not going to get him at the value you got him last year. Um, absolutely not. And then, <laughs> yeah. but Deontay Johnson, I mean, and if Deontay Johnson's healthy a whole, the whole season, he's going to be better than he was last year. Um, but so I think Deontay, I think John, Deontay Johnson won't be healthy through the whole game. Any given week that dude leaves. But, but theoretically, both of these guys should be valued more than they were last year for that reason, for those reasons. And Juju valued less. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Let's get on to it. The the drum roll. You're a drummer, trash man. Give give us a drum roll. If I if I do a drum roll, this camera's gonna shake. Okay. Um, yeah, man. I think the booties and the the booties in the audience will shake too. Whenever, whenever trash man gets behind the kit, as as long as he's not trying to do it in a weird time. <laughs> Where the where the where the where the girls don't understand what the what the, <laughs> what the dance moves are. Um, okay, favorite. Let's let's go over our best and worst free agency landing spots. Um, let's go with the best ones first. Let's say how 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 many did you come up with? How many best and how many worst? I mean, it's it's uh, it's a big. Uh, there's a big gray area there for me. Um, there there weren't many that were just like obvious best. I think Curtis Samuel to Washington. Um, I think that's one of the better ones, at least for him. Yeah. Better for that offense too. Yeah. They're fast. I mean, They're going to be fast. He, he could Curtis be the, Samuels the primary pass catcher for that offense. And I mean, and working out of the backfield too. He's not be the prime. Come on, trash me. He's not the primary pass catcher. That's, 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 that's Terry McLaurin. Curtis I mean, Samuel. Curtis Samuel can't even beat out DJ Moore and stuff. How's he going to be? How's he going to beat out? But he can't. I mean, some games he he was. Look, man. I look. I loved. I loved having Curtis Samuel in Dynasty last year. I think he's great. He's 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 not a Terry McLaurin. I think he, even he would. Tell he's you. not a Terry McLaurin. But if depending on the quarterback play, Terry McLaurin might not be Terry McLaurin. I I, I feel like Curtis Samuel's the kind of guy that you don't need to. Patrick's perfect for Terry McLaurin. Fitzpatrick is perfect for Terry McLaurin, and Fitzpatrick feeds his 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 number one wide receiver nine point seven targets per game. Go to his number one wide receiver, and you feel like Fitzpatrick is going to be the guy all season. He's going to be the guy until he's not the guy. Who else is going to be? I mean, they get, I mean, if they put in Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen loves loves. Terry McLaurin, you know, he'll Kyle Allen will have a small bit of built in rapport. I guess. I mean, I'm saying Fitzpatrick's arm can't be getting any better. Oh. It, was, it was always a Fitz pee-pee. Well, I just feel like Curtis Samuel's one of those guys that, 
like Brandon Cooks. I mean, you can do anything you ask of him. It's a it's a pretty it's a pretty contrarian take, Trash Man, to to say that Terry McLaurin's not going to benefit greatly from the changes in this offense. I mean, it, he's gonna he's gonna benefit a lot. Having a quarterback like Fitzpatrick that is so um just conducive to to fantasy success with hey and it just it also extends to his wide receiver too and i was on this podcast last week with the guy um oh man and you don't think you don't think samuel's gonna be his wide receiver too he will be because we were on here last week talking who's gonna be the wide receiver too because the wide receiver too on even these guys like Preston Williams or these dirt balls that, you know, Quincy and Nunwa or, you know, all these guys, these, these guys had, had good years. And we said, well, who, who is that going to be? Let's see if we can mine out who that was. We came up with what was going to be Cam Sims or Kelvin Harmon or so like that's not in anymore. Like these guys had four, three speed on both of the outsides. They'll have Logan Thomas probably inside who will be the big body that he could throw the kind of those DGAF contested catch balls to, like we saw he used to do to Mike Evans and the, and the like, right. And then um, Devontae Parker and, and the like. I think I don't think that there's that type of prototype wide receiver on the football team. But I think Logan Thomas could fit in there. They, they're going to be fast. Those those two guys are four three on the outside. Antonio yeah. Gibson runs a four three. Yeah, so that's a, a going to be. I think it's going to be going to be a better offense than people think, and I think a, a lot of it has to do with Fitzpatrick. Um, one of the one of the landing spots. You're 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 right, trash I man. A lot of these landing spots are kind of kind of. Bleh. I mean, I think that Chris Carson going back to Seattle is about as good as he could have hoped for. You know, built-in familiarity there. They're yeah, I was make- I was looking more uh, players players on new teams than I was guys who if you got re- re-signed. What about? Uh, well, I mean, if we're looking at players on new teams, I, I like Kenny Galladay to the Giants. You, I think that that's a good – I think that's do. Good. Yeah. yeah. More than you liked him in, in Detroit? Well, I, just, I mean, with golf? I mean, well, then he's been doing in Detroit. Well, but I mean – Maybe you, you uh, think there'll be an there'll be an improvement on Ken, on a healthy Kenny Galladay. You feel like he'll do better in, in New York than he's been doing in Detroit. I think he I think he will if Daniel Jones can be what they want Daniel Jones to be. Daniel Jones, I was looking at a stat. Um, he he was maybe threw the least balls over twenty yards last season. Well, they probably they're they're probably looking to change that, <laughs> and, they, and they don't think that Darius Slayton is going to be the one to do it. Darius Slayton, ah, that makes me sick for Day- Darius Slayton. Yeah, yeah, but but I think that I think that I think that New York is about as good. How many how many other spots, Trashman, can you think of where you could say yes? They need an alpha number one wide receiver. They need an outside X alpha wide receiver. It's like you start making a list, and it's the it's the Giants, and really, who else? The Raiders. Okay. Maybe the Eagles. The Eagles. The okay. 49ers? Oh, they, they play positionless, man. They like having those guys that can play X and move inside of the slot and everything. They're kind of like the Chiefs. They don't want one of these big dudes. They they want the big tight end. It's the same with the Raiders. Mm, you could say, well. There's not many. It's the, that's what I'm saying. So I thought that it was a good landing spot for – Kenny Galladay. Uh, any others before we go to the bad landing spots? I think um, I think 
potentially Corey Davis to the Jets. Was good. I mean, I think him opposite um, Mims, that could be a devastating dude. I think the I think he might be more consistent consistent as a Jet than he was as a Titan. We'll see who the quarterback is. Yeah. Right. I mean, what if they draft Justin Fields or they draft they draft Wilson or something? There could be a breaking in period there with him. But Corey Davis certainly earned his earned his money, you know. And whatever they do, they're trying. Like I, I've I've always said, if you if you draft a young quarterback, you have a young quarterback that you want to surround him with weapons. I never understand this stuff where you draft these two guys at the same time. You know, you draft a young wide receiver with a young quarterback. It's like that's not. I don't think that's the way to do it. I think the way to do it is to use that savings from the young quarterback and go get veteran weapons to surround him with. And so that could be what they're doing there with those guys. All right, those are the spots that you like. As far as the spots that you don't like, what do you got? Well, Kenny Galladay was one of the ones I didn't love, um, but Will Fuller in Miami. I yeah. Don't you, do you think that Tua Tungavailoa is ever going to return back to the guy that we saw in like that national championship game that just just was murking fools down the field and just it's like that's what they're hoping for. Talk about a guy that they've surrounded with talent. I mean, they have got to get that confidence. Like, but I, I think may, maybe you know not having a Fitzpatrick breathing down his neck, maybe that'll allow him to be more confident. Confident. Well, right, but. I understand that, but do you think what do you, do you, do you think Tua has it in him still? Did the hip like did the hip thing just mess everything up? Was he never that good? I mean, it's hard to tell with young players like that. Well, of course it's hard to tell, but we're analysts and our and it's our job to try and figure it out. What do you think, trash man? Do you think Tua sucks? I don't think Tua sucks. One place that uh, let's see, I'm trying to think here the free agent landing spots. That I did not like. I didn't like Kenyon Drake to the Raiders. Oh no! I well, of course I hated that. Of course I hated that. Um, let's see. Michael Y is asking: Does Fuller hurt Parker much? Yes, he doesn't help him. <laughs> of course he does. Um, what? Oh, do, do, I didn't like Marvin Jones to the Jaguars. Yeah. I think I think it killed. I, I think it hurts Lavisca Chanel. I think it hurts DJ Chark. Um, I liked I liked Carlos Hyde to the Jaguars. Bit, that 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 just means that James Robinson is not going to get any carries taken away by that old man. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Marvin Jones is like another like Gillen Cole. Like I I don't think it hurts Lavisca as much, but Shark, I think it definitely. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that he's the the alpha receiver, the, the number one there anymore. Trashman, how could you not have listed the single worst development in all of free agency for fantasy to tank not only one great player's value but two great players' value, the two best players at their position on the entire board as far as free agents and Bill Belichick, the Patriots. Bill well, Belichick that was really- size. He wants to go in and he wants to say, I not only want to ruin, I not only want to ruin Johnny Smith's value, but I want to ruin Hunter Henry's value at the same time because there's no way that that offense commandeered well, by torn. that quarterback. I was torn. I was torn. I was like, either both of these guys are going to be the premier pass catchers on that offense, 
or they're going to eat into each other's value. I Whoa, trash man. What I mean, th- what is the what is the law of the what is the law that says like the easiest possible explanation is probably the goddamn explanation. Well, we have seen in the past with Aaron Hernandez and uh, and Gronkowski that you can have two productive receivers in New England. Bill Belichick likes that. Um, but we don't have that same quarterback that was working with both those guys. Oh yeah, and and there and and there certainly isn't much difference from b- between peak Tom Brady and 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 decrepit skeleton of, of his own of his old self Cam Newton that blames the COVID fog for as, as bad as he was last year. Well, I mean that's what I'm saying. It's I I I, I feel like in theory Belichick could could make it work. But I, I think he may be deceiving himself. He could make it. He could make it work. Trash man. I, 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 I could go out. I could go out and win the. Well, what I say? There's, there's a, sam- there's a sample for it. There, we have seen it work for him. Before. Yes, and and do you know what the other, do you know what the other sample is? And Mike Clay tweeted this out since since since, since 2010. Uh, there have been like two examples of teams producing two tight end ones for fantasy that both come from the same exact team. I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell you what what happened. Bill Belichick had a bad, bad year, and he wanted to take it out on all of the, the fantasy world, especially people like me that own Hunter Henry and Dynasty. And he wanted to say, I'm going to let you pay up $12.5 million per year over four years for Johnny, over three years for Hunter Henry. By the time they're out of this deal, they're going to be old men that you can't use anymore. And your tight end situation, especially in Dynasty, is fucked. 